The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. That mark gets to go from the mark of who hurt us to the mark of who healed us. Because listen carefully, listen carefully. Something happens between a wound and a scar, and it is called a healing. Coming up on Life Today, international Bible teacher Beth Moore describes the beauty of healing that comes from the signature of Christ. join us and all of you who are here. If you have never come to one of our tapings on Tuesday night, we normally tape several programs uh, with people that you would enjoy hearing and getting to know and be real close to them. Uh, and do you all agree that the presence of the Lord is here and you feel like you're really in his presence when you come? And it would be a blessing to people just to be here. Wednesday's in the Word. Beth Moore's the one that inspired that and joined with us, and she said, you've got to expand it to bring in some other great teachers that are anointed, and let's share them, and we do it. But this is Beth, and she's talking about the mark of God. Would you welcome Beth Moore? Here she is. earlier what you've been most scarred by. Think of ways that has left a signature on you. Like, I don't doubt, like, whose signature has been left on you? I come from a background of abuse, so I know what it's like um, to be uh, misused. And um, for so much of my life, I mean, I, I bear that scar. I bear that scar. And so in, in a way, when I, I thought, listen, this is one reason you want to deal with your stuff because I actually do not want that man's name written in my skin. Now, you know what I mean. I'm speaking um, metaphorically here, but is anybody getting this with me? And when somebody's betrayed us, somebody's rejected us, and we're, we just continue to bear that scar, that, it's, that, that feeling of that some of the people that have hurt me most, it's like I'm walking around with them with their name branded by an iron on me. Why would I want that? Anybody? Anybody? Had a partner betray you in business, still so angry about it. In a way, here you are trying to get him out of your head and feels like he's branded on you. This signature just written on you. An, an ex, perhaps, a, a bully, somebody who rejected or betrayed you. Here is what this series is all about from this point forward. I am proposing to you that every one of those scars Every one of those signatures of someone who did you wrong and hurt you in a way that has lasted a very long time, leaving a mark, every one of those signatures can be turned into the signature of Christ on your life. Every one of them. You do not have one that cannot. Not one that cannot, not one that cannot. From your worst abuse, from the worst thing you've ever gone through, the worst thing that has ever scarred you, nothing is beyond God taking it and it becoming a mark of Jesus Christ. This is what I'm talking about. That you get through something, work it through with Jesus to such an extent 
that it becomes an identifying mark of him instead of the mark of the other human or circumstance. In other words, when you think back on it, it now not just reminds you of that person that hurt you or that situation that hurt you, that car wreck. You look back on it and you think, oh, I remember breaking my arm all the way through like that. I remember, that is when I got to know Christ the way I know him now. Let me tell you what, this doesn't just remind me of a car accident. This right here reminds me of Jesus. This is when Jesus and I started something together that completely transformed my life. Anybody tracking with me in this? This is what we're talking about in this series. Here's the deal. Some of us are still so very much wearing the stigma of our past, a stigma of pain, a stigma of shame, and it needs drastically and dramatically to be turned into the signature of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the deal. So we have all been scarred. Let's all say it together. I've been scarred. scarred. Say, I've been scarred by life. So here's the thing. Here's the scar. We can't, I mean, we got them. We got them. That's all there is to it. But we can either become marred by them or we can become marked by them. It's going to be one or the other. And I want to propose to you, you get to make that decision. If you will trust in Christ, nothing gets to just mar you. No, it does not. It gets to put a mark on you that identifies you with Christ in such a way that it becomes the sign of intimacy, of a true heart knowledge and mind engagement with the living Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've been building an acrostic together, so I need you to tell me what those things are. We've been building an acrostic of the word what? Mark. Mark. And so we've got an M, and what was that M? My life bears indelible marks. We've all been marked up by living on this planet. But here's A, and this is important. A mark leaves a signature, but we get to decide if we would allow Christ to work with us so intimately and so personally and through the power of his word and through the power of his spirit that we're not just marred by it, we are marked by it. And that signature of somebody else or some other circumstance gets to be rewritten in to a signature of Christ. That that marked for us means that it goes from being the mark of who hurt us. Is anybody listening to me? to the mark of who healed us. Anybody? That mark gets to go from the mark of who hurt us to the mark of who healed us. Because listen carefully, listen carefully. Something happens between a wound and a scar, and it is called a healing. One way you know if it's still a wound is if you press on it and the thing still hurts. A scar was not, mo- what was not supposed to still throb. Something happens in there. A healing. I told you I was going to ask you a couple of questions. One was what has scarred you most in your adult life? But the second question is this. Has that scar been rewritten into a signature of Christ? And I figured that there are three answers to that. Any one of the three. Yes. Yes, it has. 
Yes, I can now say that I can look back on that situation and go, you know what, it reminds me, yes, it does remind me of that person in that situation, but really what it reminds me of is Jesus. I cannot tell you how he came for me in that situation, how he redeemed me, how he picked me up. I thought my life was over, and look what he did. Uh, really what it reminds me of is Jesus. Our answer could be yes. Our answer could be no, no. I am still scarred, and when I think about that scar, all I can think about, I get that face in my mind right there. I know about that one too. No. Or, or maybe a third possible answer is the penmanship is beginning to change. What used to be so clearly this name, oddly, the very beginning of that scar is beginning to look a whole lot like a J. Anybody? Anybody? I got to tell y'all a story. I taught this material about a year ago at a Living Proof Live event in Phoenix, Arizona. And we have three sessions at A Living Proof Live, um, the worship for 30 minutes, then about an hour and a half of teaching. Then we do the whole thing again the next morning, a, a 30 minutes of worship, about an hour and a half of teaching. Then we take a break, come back for a, a shorter, um, shorter worship and a shorter session. Then we end with raucous worship. But in the last session, the last couple of years, the Lord has had me going up. He's asked me to go off-road instead of having my notes so tightly wound. You talk about somebody's tried to control every minute of that event from beginning to end. Every minute has got a point to be made. I go in with my notes ready. I try to stick with my notes, and I beg God to stick with my notes. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you see these. And he began to challenge me. I had a good friend that said, I, I told her one time, she's from a different tradition in the body of Christ. I'm very, very much a lover of Jesus. But she, I, I said one time, I said, I, I, we, I just don't see responses like that. She goes, Beth, people are responding. You never give them a chance to. <laughs> it was true. I mean, we'd have an invitation for them to come forward and we'd have prayer. But as far as, you know, I wasn't going out and getting testimony. So the Lord really put it on my heart. Third session, go out in the audience. Okay, now listen, I need y'all to stay with me. I just randomly choose where I'm going to walk. Random. So I, um, it was thousands of people in this arena in Phoenix. And so I have a security guard who is with me. And I usually give him a little bit of heads up which direction I'm going to head. He just kind of stays about 10 feet um, behind me. And I head up. And so I just, I'm looking about around the sanctuary. And I just go, I can't even say that I feel spirit-led necessarily because I just go like, I guess I'll walk there. Now, I do believe God is spirit uh, leading that. But in that moment, I'm just kind of going pick and I'm going to go there. So I pick a random place in the arena. It's even in, um, in layers. You know what I'm talking about? So there's, there's, um, there, there's this set of seats and then you go up to another um, uh, floor and then you go up the next um, uh, risers of seats and then the next. I go all, I mean, I just keep walking. So I'm talking. The spotlight's on. I'm still talking to the audience. I'm walking up. I get to a place. And I wish I knew how many stairs I'd taken. Y'all, exactly the number. I mean, whatever it was. Say I had walked up maybe, say, 34 steps. I get to a step and I turn around like this. And so I begin to tell myself, I'm just going to ask for it. Does anybody have a testimony? I said, I always pick an area of the group. Anybody just want to speak back into this? Anybody got a testimony of a time that you really believe that God has um, uh, taken a scar and, and rewritten it into a signature of Jesus? And so I'm right there. I turn like this. 
three, about three, I'm gonna say four, I'm gonna get it in my head, about four people down. I look over here and a young woman, her eyes are this big and she's holding her hand up like this. I mean, like she looks like, I cannot even tell you, like she's seen a ghost. She holds her hand up like this. And so I immediately, she's the first person I see, so I ask her to stand up and I always have to stand up, come over to me, they tell what their name is, where they're from, and then they give us their word um, of testimony that they have. Well, when she starts walking over to me, I begin to see. And she's got on either a sleeveless or a short sleeve blouse. And on her right arm, as I live and breathe, was the deepest scar I have ever seen in my life. So deep, I, I wish you could understand, I wish I could make this really, really clear to you. Have you ever seen a scar that went so deep that literally the flesh is going like this and then coming back? I mean, deep down in, and it is almost all the way around. She walks over to me, well, I'm already flabbergasted because there would have been one person in that arena that had a scar like that. Anybody getting that with me? And that was this one. I mean, maybe not, maybe they're right, but I mean, this was like, whoa, it was right out there. It was, how many scars could everybody in the room have seen on the Jumbotron? It was that obvious. She comes over to me and she begins to tell me a story. Her mother is sitting right there um, in the chair beside her and her mother is just bawling because when she was a child, uh, she was mauled by a dog. And so you, her parents, of course, they're such wonderful parents. They couldn't control that she'd just gotten, gotten in a situation where a dog uh, had attacked her. The dog was on her before they knew what to do. Of course, the dog is removed, but the child, that, that dog nearly tore that child's arm off. I mean, it just was unbelievable. Well, it you can imagine just almost incapacitated the arm. In order to repair it, she lost so much muscle in here um, that they had to uh, really um, figure out ways to strengthen the arm up again. And so the doctor, the dad, such wonderful parents, and the dad asked one of the specialists, he said, tell us anything. We'll do anything. But we, we want her to be able to use her arm normally. We'll, do, we'll work hard. You tell us something to do, we'll do it. What would be the best possible thing we could do to build that child's arm up again and to get muscle um, strengthened back in that arm again? He said, well, you want to know the honest truth? He goes, I'm begging you for the honest truth. And he said, violin lessons. And he said, it would be the hardest thing she could ever do because he said the way she would have to pick her right arm up would all the, in the early days would be impossible for her to do. And then she'd have to get it higher and higher and higher and higher. But in trying to play the violin, just get her violin lessons. If you want to know, and I'm putting words in their mouth now, what would be the most frustrating thing they could possibly put her forth to doing that she would probably feel like for a very long time, I'll never get this, I'll never be able to do this. Put her in violin lessons and that's exactly what they do. And so they, they begin, I mean, as a small child, start her in violin lessons. And she looks at me, tears are in her eyes. Her mother is bawling um, her um, eyes out over here. And she looks at me, oh, y'all, I've got chill bones all over my arms telling you this. She looks at me and says, I am a concert violinist. <laughs> Dear God, loves Jesus so much, professes him. Her scar had been taken by Jesus and turned 
into music, turned into song. <sighs> Who can stand that? How can you resist a God like that? Boy, that is, uh, Beth, that's powerful. I mean, when we can actually see the miracle of scars, hurt and pain, become a signature of God, by God, His grace, that's a fabulous story. And what a great gift God gave that young lady who had been hurt so deeply, wounded, and a scar, and what a gift. Beth, you're a gift. Thank you for being such a gift. And all of you who are watching, thank you for your love. Well, thank you for God's love that you allow to flow freely through you. That really is how we're supposed to live. Betty, we're here by divine appointment and assignment. That's right. We're here to be witnesses of His grace and His glory. We are to live amazed at His abiding presence, at His power, at His provision and His protection. He is a shelter, and the shadow of the Almighty is so critically important. Now, if we realize we're on divine assignment, then we're going to literally extend His hands of love and mercy. We're going to see what He sees with His eyes, and we're going to feel what He feels in our heart. I want you to look in through the eyes of Jesus, and I want you to see what He sees. And then I want you to simply respond as you believe he wants to respond through you in light of what you see. Watch closely. Angola leads most African countries in child mortality for children under the age of five. And about half of those deaths are attributed to the effects of malnutrition. There just isn't enough food. I'm, I want to interrupt this. And I want you to look at the child that first walked out there so lonely. And then I want you to look at the next shot of the child. Now, I want you to stop and think about this reality. You may think that's just a little child wandering around through what looks like a desert terrain. Obviously, there's nothing there. There's nothing growing. There's, there's tremendous famine and need. And you see that little child, I want to ask you this. Do you think the God of heaven and earth notices that little child? Let me tell you something. The God of heaven and earth that lives in me sees that little child. And the God that I know says, I don't want that little child wandering around in that desert, deserted land. I want to hold that child. And we hold him by responding as the body of Christ. Now continue. Watch, listen, and above all, hear God. Watch. For Dominga, a couple years ago, this statistic became a reality during a food crisis.
hospital in Kupala. I'm going to Manzila. I go to the hospital in Kupala. I'm going to go hospital Kupala. Once again, famine has struck the village where Dominga lives. It will only be a matter of time before her remaining children find themselves in a downward spiral, moving towards severe malnutrition. These children will end up in a clinic, struggling for their lives, or worse, in an early grave. If we don't act to help Dominga and her precious children, It is so important you actually understand what's taking place. Here's a mother trying to get a child to a clinic that love through you helped establish. It's the last resort. It's where a child that is in the throes of death can perhaps be saved at the last moment. That's where she was headed, she didn't get there. The son died while she was traveling a daughter back home starving died. Now here's what you must understand. We will maintain those literal malnutrition clinics as a last resort because of love. But what we're trying to do is to join the missionaries who have found the famished areas, the great need, and they have established a feeding center there where we can feed them, where we take these orange bowls like this that you thought up because you didn't want to bring in tin cans and plastic bags and the food burning through the bag and having an old dirty can. You said, let's give them heat-resistant bowls. By the way, we need nearly 80,000 more right now for what's taking place, and we're trusting God to give them. We want to feed them out there where we found them, and we've got 400,000. If we catch them there, Betty, they never end up at the malnutrition clinic, the last resort. So we're reaching out where they are in love to save their lives so you don't have to have a story like you just heard. Now, now we've got another tremendous need, and Betty, you have made it so clear not to think lightly of equipment, but we need eight more 10-ton trucks for what we're doing right now to be able to deliver the food. And we have to replace some trucks that have worn out, and believe me, they use them until they won't go anymore. And Betty, that is not something that's in insignificant that's important very important because without the the trucks we can't get the food to the children along with the bowls and understand how important these bowls are we thought at first when our supporters suggest giving them something so they can burn their little hands but we found out too that it, it's marked on the inside so we can give the right levels of food so that it goes further for the children and the one that at the back of the line doesn't end up being left out now, I saw that, James, and I thought it was so important to me that the one that stood there the longest 
won't have to be turned away because we ran out. And we need those trucks to get this food to them. Well, Betty's exactly right. You can't see this, but there are portion lines. And when we have more children always show up than you anticipate. And so if you give the same amount, you can suddenly run out. But you learn to apportion it based on the need and the number. So what our viewers thought up became even more significant than you might have imagined. So here's what we need. We're asking you to go to lifetoday.org, take your bank card, use it like a check. We have only a few days left now. We need to raise the funds, over $300,000 for the trucks and for the other 70,000 plus bowls. We need all of that support, but we need the food for the 400,000. Now think about this, $30, $50, $100 enables us to feed three, five, or 10 children for the next months. So there's a level at which you can join lifetoday.org, use your bank card, or dial the number there on the screen, take your bank card, use it like a check. Please extend the hands of Jesus. Become an answer to the prayer and heart cries of mothers and parents for their children. And give those little children that seem to be so overlooked, let them see the love and the power of that love expressed through you and through the missionaries. Please make that call or go online and make the gift. Thank you for doing it. Disease, malnutrition, starvation, all terrible human atrocities being faced every day by people living in remote and impoverished areas of Africa. And those at greatest risk are the children. Life's Mission Feeding Program is there, able to feed and care for over 400,000 children in crisis areas of Angola, Mozambique, and Sudan. With previous food reserves gone and malnutrition levels in Angola rising due to increased food scarcity, we desperately need to replenish our supplies for our feeding programs immediately. Your life-saving gift of $30, $50, or $100 will help feed and care for three, five, or 10 children for the next three months. Also, please consider an additional gift toward our $316,000 goal to provide eight all-wheel drive trucks and 76,000 new bowls for the children. As our thank you, we'll send you this soft-covered journal Bible featuring the Gospels, Psalms, and Proverbs for your devotional time in the Word. With your gift of $100 or more to help feed 10 children, please request the complete Holy Bible Journal Edition, perfect for keeping notes and insights as you read and study. And finally, with your gift of $1,000 or more to help feed 100 children, you may request this beautifully framed canvas print of the Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, we want to send you the Holy Bible Journal Edition. It has the Gospels, the Psalms, and Proverbs with this incredible, beautiful study Bible. We want to send it to you. And if you haven't gotten the Thomas Kincaid Forest Chapel, I hope you will. I hope you'll make a gift that will enable us to get those trucks because it's so important that we'll be able to deliver the goods. And uh, I know you understand that, and I want to thank you for your response. I hope you're visiting the stream. I hope you will not live without understanding of the times, which we're diligently, faithfully trying to share with you understanding and insight so we can make wise decisions. Stream.org, visit it. Thanks so much for watching. Thank all of you for being here. Encourage your friends to watch life today.
It's no longer a matter of, should I get involved? It's a matter that I must get involved, but then what do I do? Agents of Babylon by Dr. David Jeremiah, next week. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.